what happens when people's relationships get a little bit blurred in the boundaries, especially around power? Hey, Adele Wong here, and welcome to the podcast where we explore all things around creating relationships, lives, and livelihoods that really work. We have one life, and it's about maximizing your full potential. I think we can all agree that quality, fulfilling relationships are so essential for us feeling like a life that's worthwhile, our our happiness, reaching our full potential. Most of the things that we want in this life come through the quality of our relationships in some way, shape, or form. A few episodes ago, I brought up the issue around different dances of power that are always in the room anytime two people are together. And this is coming from bleeding edge research that's not as well known yet in in terms of understanding power from an energy dynamic. If you haven't heard that episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it because there's more than I can summarize here. But I mentioned that there are three very distinct dances that happen, and it's really useful to know anytime you're with someone, which dance you're in. Now, when I first learned about these three dances around energy and power and relationships and boundaries, I really struggled because I thought, well, my goodness, aren't we putting people in boxes? Isn't this artificially setting people up in a way that limits what's possible? And what I've come to learn is that's not the case at all, that these three dances are already built in, into nature, that we're just not, we haven't been aware of them. But whether we're aware of them or not, they're, they're at play. You know, it's a little bit like oh, I don't know, oxygen or, or gravity, that it's already there. And the more you're aware of it, the more you can work with it to, number one, keep your relationships from getting messy. Number two, perhaps understand why you're feeling a little off in certain relationships, no matter how much psychological work you're doing or how much you're therapying what's going on. I have learned in my experience that understanding the dance of energy is just a whole lot faster. It's a wonderful shorthand to just cut to the chase easier than endless um, psychological lens of things like limiting beliefs. And Although they are useful, it just takes longer. I'm very pragmatic with my clients. I believe one reason why I've been so affected with hundreds of clients, high-performing clients around the world is if I can help them see what's going on from an energetic lens, and power is part of that, it's just so much easier. And the third reason why I think it's useful to understand these dances is it will keep you feeling safer, more um, stable, more defended. Um, I'm not wild about people being accused of being defensive because there's a little bit of a judgment in that. Like, you, you know, stop being defensive. And people just get defensive about being defensive. When the truth is, everyone should feel defended. The ability to keep myself safe with boundaries. So, understanding this dance is really useful. 
So I'm going to give you a few examples of when relationships start to get murky and you might feel it in your body first that something is a little off. Although perhaps you may be trying to understand or trying to adjust, but it, it doesn't feel quite right. Recently, I was talking to somebody about a relationship situation with, if you understand, the dance of peers. What I was trying to articulate was, I have a relative who doesn't understand the dance of peer colleague, friend, sibling, fellow puppy dynamic. That this person's entire way of relating to everybody is one of trying to be an elder, trying to be the wise one. This is very common, by the way. A lot of people don't know how to relate to other people as true peers. There's often a a need to have a certain, um, I wouldn't say one-upsmanship, but this insecurity of being able to relate to someone equal to you, meaning there is nobody higher up the food chain in terms of um, the authority, the mama dog. There's no elder relationship. Some people are very uncomfortable with this. This is also very common amongst people who have had to go through life subconsciously mothering everybody. So this may be a people pleaser. This may be someone who um, feels that it is their duty to solve everyone's problems. And in fact, there may even be an egoic identity of, well, this is who I am. You know, I go through life as I am the one that everyone comes to with their problems. I'm the one that everyone relies on, they might think. I'm the one that everyone tells their problems. And I, my job is to support them because I can see them more than they can see themselves. I can see into their greatness more than they can see for themselves. And so I, my entire reason for being here is to serve others, maybe to heal other people because maybe I see myself as a healer. And my whole life is one spent on output. And in, if we're really honest, there is some um, validation in doing that. But at the same time, usually folks who are going through life this way are exhausted, oftentimes very resentful. You know, I pour so much into everyone else. When is someone going to pour into me? I'm forever solving everyone else's problems. But when I need support, there's no one there for me. Does this sound familiar to you? Why? It's because the energetic that um, someone who's living that way, and I used to be that way, it's the one of trying to be an elder to everybody. That the elder's job, the mama dog's job, is to nurture the puppies, to help them along, maybe look out for them, and that Her purpose is to nurture them, to help them uh, learn how to run or, or run through the forest, whatnot. But it's certainly not an equal power dynamic. And that's the key. If you 
are going through life subconsciously trying to heal everybody else. It's as if the mama dog instinct is a little bit out of control. You know, it's, it's, the switch is turned on all the time for every situation, for every person. This is very dysfunctional because there are two other dances that everybody needs in order to have a fulfilled life. Mama dog is only one of them, but if it becomes a knee-jerk reaction for how you engage with everyone, you will discover your relationships, your relationships will feel off balance. You'll feel lonely. You'll feel like no one really knows you. And oftentimes, like I said, you're exhausted and resentful. Because mama dogs, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same role as being puppy-to-puppy sibling colleague, where you might be bite-snapping at each other and wrestling to figure something out and, and, you know, fighting over a piece of chicken and going home and high-five and let's sit down and watch TV together. Mama Dog's job is to hold space for her puppies. And a lot of people go through life trying to hold space for others. And on some level, although no one will ever actually tell you this, it can be a little bit irritating. It can be a little off-putting to have friends that are subconsciously always trying to mother you because it sends out a subconscious signal that somehow you need them, that they don't think you can solve things on your own. You might even also sense in a people pleaser the need to be needed. I have seen many friendships where one person knows the other person kind of needs to be needed and it's a little bit dysfunctional. But, there, you know, there's no judgment. If people choose to have a friendship in this dynamic, there's nothing wrong with it. But privately, people can f- report feeling drained, um, you know, what is it about this friendship that I, it just starts to wear on me or I can only take this person for um, in small doses. Why? Because the energetic dance is off. It may look great, but it doesn't feel right when one person who's at the same level you are, peer to peer, puppy to puppy, sibling, colleague, friends, When one person is subconsciously trying to be the elder to the other, you'll notice that the the relationship can feel a little bit uncomfortable. On both sides, both people will feel something a little off. The person who's being relegated to a position of the younger or the puppy will start to feel a little bit irritated that, you know, I didn't ask for your input on this. I have my own way of doing this. And the person who's trying to be so helpful as the mama dog will feel irritated. My gosh, you have a problem. You're telling me this again. I must go in there and and help you solve your problem. I I need to fix the problem. I need to give you a solution. And I'm exhausted from doing this. This happens in the air subconsciously. It's even more confusing when both people are trying to be the mama dog to each other. And you'll see this sometimes with people 
having a lot of difficulty in negotiating. What do you want? I don't know. Well, what do you want? Well, I don't know. Uh, whatever you sound, whatever you want is fine with me. I'll just fit in the cracks sideways. No, no, no. You first, and you can feel the frustration with two people pleasers both trying to be the mama dog, nurturing the other, and it goes nowhere. The dance of puppy to puppy has nothing to do with necessarily holding space for the other person all the time. Now, holding space is a technical term that a lot of coaches and healers and spiritual people use. And recently, I was in a conversation with somebody, like I said, who felt compelled. This person doesn't know how else to engage with friends, peers, colleagues, fellow puppies and siblings. The only way she knows how to talk to people is to try to be their elder. And it's irritating because there's always a sense of, well, I need to guide you this way. Or if you have a problem, I need to fix and tell you what you should do. A parenting energy. And, you know, as grown adults, that sometimes at the same peer level, that's not what I'm looking for. And someone said to me, well, if you're in a relationship with somebody like this, maybe it's about learning how to hold space for them so that, you know, you can tell them how you feel and this and that. And again, the need to hold space is not a sibling energy as much as it is a mama dog energy. When you hold space for someone, they become the client, that you have enough mojo within yourself that the the client or the younger puppy or the child, whoever can literally bite and snap at you and you're totally fine. Why? Because you've taken care of yourself, you know how to bite and snap yourself and you have resources for your own biting and snapping and that you don't take it out on your puppies. Every mama dog, especially in this culture, (laughs) needs some sort of elder support, some place to go to work out her own bite snap so that she doesn't bite and snap the, off the, kid, the heads of her kids. But that's what often happens when mama dogs don't get enough support. They lash out on their kids because they weren't allowed to bite snap in the proper setting, the, the natural order of things. That is that something greater than you can help you become the puppy. Now, in business relationships, this gets really messy. The question in any relationship is, who is the mama dog in the room? Typically, in a work setting, the person with more authority is the mama dog. Meaning, they, because of their position, they, their job should be to hold space for all the puppies that work in their department who might be snapping at each other, complaining or biting and coming into the office and bite snapping at them, that they hold that container. That The CEO must be able to hold the container of the company. The department head holds the space of the, the division or, the, or however, empl- however many employees and puppies are underneath them. 
and those employees and puppies are peers working things out between themselves, sometimes biting and snapping at each other. And when they can't resolve a disagreement, there is an elder available to help arbitrate or to help help with the negotiation. That is how it could work. Now, it doesn't obligate the department head to be involved with every discussion. They can. But what would be more healthy is that every puppy in the department has their own mama dog somewhere else, outside of work. That can be a therapist, that can be a coach, but they don't just sit there and try to grind away at something that they don't know how to do, that there is an issue in negotiation. Oh my gosh, I need some help. I don't feel comfortable going to the department head. Maybe they don't want to deal with it. Let me go talk to Adele or find a therapist or a coach or some sort of guidance outside where I can bite and snap my way so I know and can find my own voice. Then I can go back to my fellow puppy or peer or colleague, bite snap back without needing to destroy them or cut them at the jugular and kill them. And we can still hopefully, you know, high five and work can continue for the next year. This gets really confusing sometimes. So especially when people have dual relationships, it is uncomfortable, as you can imagine. When relationships change, gosh, we used to be fellow siblings. And then you got promoted over me. Now you're the mama dog. Are we still friends? This is very common. And that's why people start to feel unsafe. What is the boundary now? You know, we used to be able to negotiate and now I have to be more careful because you hold my livelihood. You have power over me. It's not the same. And someone might say, no, no, we can still be friends. And it behooves everyone to recognize the shift in power so that you can keep yourself safe. I personally am not wild about people being best friends with everyone at work because the container is not big enough for you to be all of yourself, not yet anyway, that you cannot be fully yourself at work in a corporate setting like you can outside. So sometimes it's better to have your closest puppies and colleagues and friends, your spouse, your siblings, outside of work. And this is something that many people feel uncomfortable with. Where is the boundary? So when you're feeling uncomfortable, it's not always because you have an issue or a, 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 a negative belief. Sometimes there may be, but sometimes you're just feeling something is off in the container of who is the mama dog. If a client pays a professional for a service, the conventional wisdom is that the client become the, the client is always right. But that's not exactly true. What I think is more accurate to say is someone has paid the professional for a service, and that professional's job is to become the mama dog to take care of the client, that the client may complain, the client may have all sorts of bite and snap, 
and short of being, you know, abused, that the service provider has enough resilience to understand this is client behavior. They don't know what they want. They're thrashing around in there. And that that does not uh, make the, the service provider totally lose it. So when you give money to someone, there is an exchange. Of the, the money represents um, a, an expectation for a container. I have paid you to cut my hair, for example, at the beauty salon. That means I sit my butt down in this chair and I put myself in your hands and you can take care of me and provide a service. That's an exchange. It, it balances out. I give you this money, you, you take care of me. And this is true for many services, whether you're an accountant, a lawyer, you know, and that is the, that is the purpose of money is to provide a method of exchange for this container. Similarly, if you pay a therapist or a coach for assistance, you are saying, I give you this money, will you take care of me? I am in need of care. I am in need of someone holding space for me so that I can learn my bite and snap, that I'm assuming you have enough mojo that you won't just collapse. And that is part, that is very healing. So we need to be able to feel into the very different dances of all three of these. Sometimes you really need to be the puppy. You really don't want to be taking care of someone else right now. You would rather pay someone and have a very clean container to work things out without worrying about what the therapist thinks of you or the therapist getting upset with you. No, I've paid for you to take care of me, to, to hold a tight container because I'm having trouble doing this for myself. I'm a puppy that hasn't learned how to bite snap yet. Will you help me? Sure come on in. And we have agreements of how we work together. That is the nature of creating a safe, tight container of boundaries that everyone can relax into. And similarly, you know, if you are on the dating scene, you certainly don't want to be going out there playing the mama dog with every prospect. It is not sexy and you will tend to attract men that want to be mothered. And so there are times when being the elder is exactly your role. And this may be, you know, it happens in the wild already naturally with the older, more wiser members of the community. At one time when everyone lived closer together, you could just go down the block and talk to somebody over the the, the picket fence or whatever. It's becoming more difficult now. Now people are trying to, Resolve all these needs within themselves, all by themselves, or with one other person. You know, I want my husband to not only be my Prince Charming, to take care of me like I'm a little princess, but I also want him to be my peer lover, someone who's my equal. And oh, by the way, sometimes I want to just nurture him because I see his full potential and he needs me to tell him how much, how he could do things differently. It's a very different energetic So if you're feeling confused in relationship, have a step back and just ask, 
Who is the mother mama dog in this situation? Are we truly peers or am I secretly trying to get validation by being a being their mother, being their savior, being their fixer? You'll notice it's a different dynamic in the body than sitting back and being peers. Very different. So a lot of people don't know what it feels like. And if that's you, I really encourage you, it doesn't have to be me. Um, if this is something that you're struggling with, uh, reach out. Let's schedule a call and we can kick around what's going on in your world. If it's not me, there are other places you can explore. But recognize there is a dance missing from your life. And that is one reason why you feel drained in your relationships. You're not getting what you want. People piss you off or you're avoiding all together. The dance isn't right. So um, I'll probably have a part three around this. But if this resonates, subscribe to this channel. I'll be putting out more content like this. Um, I'm hoping you get value out of it. Share this with a friend who might be constantly feeling depleted and resentful that no one gives up to her. And you're curious, well, my goodness, you say that, but I notice you're having trouble receiving. And this is why. They're, they're doing the wrong dance and they don't know it. So till next time, take care.